Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Road to Indy Insider, our live program here on, on Facebook. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I know a number of people kind of dialing in here real quick. I'll flick over here to the comments. So I know that if you guys do want to come on, if you have any questions down below there, you can leave a comment. I get to see it here in the studio and we can uh, I can ask any or answer any questions that you may have. Of course, my guest today, Daniel Frost from Turn 3 Motorsports and Josh Green as well from Cape Motorsports. You can ask them questions about what happened throughout the weekend at Road America. And again, we'll kind of get things rolling here, but just really, number one, pump the fact that we were able to get the season underway. Um, you know, we've all been waiting almost four full months from when we had to leave St. Petersburg after getting just one session in. We finally were able to get back to the racetrack and none other than Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, Road America, the National Park of Speed. I had a chance to get in the PA booth with my good friend, uh, Eric Mueller, which was awesome. And we had some great racing, obviously missing the fact that Indy Lights are on hiatus for a year until 2021, but uh, big fields in both Indy Pro 2000 and USF 2000 and absolutely stacked with talent. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of an overview here, then we'll bring each driver in. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Indy Pro 2000. We'll talk to Daniel. Then we'll talk USF 2000 and talk to Josh. Then we'll bring them all in. All three of us will chat about the race coming up at the end of the uh, month, the standalone event at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Uh, Thursday and Friday was the rundown, was the race uh, event, the schedule for this particular event. And uh, Thursday was essentially unofficial practice test sessions, three test sessions, and then a practice at the end of the day. A ton of track time. I want to say something like three and a half hours of track time at Road America for the drivers in both the categories, USF and Indy Pro. So a lot of time to get on the racetrack. And it was interesting because we had a really good weather uh, for the first three sessions. And then the storm started rolling in. And in fact, we got some rain for that last official practice session. We had rain for that one, which I think was interesting. Eric and I talked about it on the PA where it was, it was, if you came into the race day with a program, Hey, this is what we're going to do. Here's the four sessions. You know, here's our plan. You get the rain like we did, and it kind of throws that plan out the window because you can't quite do what you wanted if you waited, let's say, to do qualifying sims or race sims to that last session. Drivers did have a couple of sets of tires to be able to use. It did work out, though, because once we got to the racetrack, of course, driving in actually from Manitowoc, where we stayed, we got hammered with rain on the way to the track, and then a huge cell came in, a ton of rain. Uh, we were wet for USF 2000. It kind of dried up and we ended up with, on dries for, for Indy Pro 2000, their qualifying session. So pretty interesting to say the least. Uh, here's one thing I want to bring up as well. Let me go over here to my uh, my brand. Again, I got, I'm doing the production here of this, folks. and something I'm new at, so I, I appreciate you guys uh, working with me. Um, cool factor for me for the, the, the weekend. I, you know, I, I've had a great opportunity through ecartingnews.com and everything I've done as a magazine publisher in, in kart racing. Uh, knowing all the drivers, which was great uh, in karting, it kind of helped me hook up to become the announcer for what was then called the Cooper Tire Z-Tech Championship back in the in the 2000s when I had my Formula Car magazine. But I was able to hook up with Danny Anderson and Michelle Kish and got a chance, of course, to then come into the road to Indy in 2010. So I came through karting, into the road to Indy, and eventually was able to join the IndyCar Radio Network, and I've worked the, worked the last number of Indianapolis 500s on pit lane, which is obviously a huge honor for me. One of the great things this past weekend, and it's it probably went under the radar for most people, but we have a new flagman, a new starter uh, that's working with IndyCar now. He's actually going to be our starter for the road to Indy as well. Let me bring a shot up here. I'm talking about Aaron Likens, and Aaron's a guy that uh, started flagging for uh, a regional karting series 
uh, eventually worked to Supercarts USA and has been their starter for their pro tour uh, for the last 10 years. He's done the last 16 Supercarts USA Super Nationals. And if you've followed anything I've done on here, you, you've heard me talk about the Supernats. It's the biggest karting event in the U.S., if not the world. Aaron did that. Then, of course, he moved to the quarter USAC quarter midget program as well. Well, there was an opening in, in um, the IndyCar starting group, the, the, the starter package. He's come on and will be with us for the road to India, be on the, up on the, the stand as well for IndyCar uh, as essentially an apprentice kind of deal, an intern uh, to be able to work those events as well. But I was super proud to see him there, and I just think that was, uh, that was an amazing thing to see Aaron up there, like me, kind of coming up through karting, through the road to Indy, and hopefully eventually he'll be able to be the lead flagman of the Indianapolis 500 and the IndyCar Series one day. It's, uh, he's, an, he's an awesome guy, a tremendous story, and we'll get him on here on an Insider uh, sometime in the near future as well. All right, let's uh, let me grab my results. Let's start, kind of start talking a little bit about what happened. Um, qualifying uh, Friday, of course, at the track. Qualifying in two races, pack day. Don't make any mistakes. It's going to affect you later on. Uh, we're going to start with Indy Pro 2000, and in qualifying, uh, Daniel Frost, who I'll have on here with Turn Three Motorsports, turns the fastest lap, but an issue in tech with the wrong top gear. He ends up getting a technical DQ, goes to the tail of the field for the start, What sets up a fantastic story, of course. Devlin DeFrancesco then moves to the pole position. Braden Eads goes to P2. DeFrancesco with Andretti Steinbrenner Racing, new to the series, great addition to the program. Of course, Braden Eads with the scholarship colors, last year's USF 2000 champion with exclusive autosport, goes to the outside of the front row. In the race, uh, you know, they worked really hard throughout with, with race sims on Daniel's car. Peter Dempsey from Turn 3, uh, obviously an incredibly knowledgeable guy and a great driver as well. They had that car dialed in nicely. Um, I hadn't had a chance to see some of Daniel's in-car until the, the, the package came out from Road to Indy TV. And, man, a couple of uh, aggressive passes for sure. I was like, this is awesome. Down the inside of Turn 5, he came to the forefront super, super fast. Now, it really didn't surprise me. Uh, was he going to be able to get to the lead? I don't know. DeFrancesco was out. He had a pretty good lead. Well, it started happening. DeFrancesco's tires were going off. Daniel was coming on strong. Closing, closing, closing. Big run down into the can of the corner. And then coming to 14 on the final lap, Devlin kind of, you know, defended to the inside a little bit. And that never worked coming back up the hill. He probably would have been wiser to let, you know, Daniel potentially try to move, make a move on the inside. Daniel gets a great run out of 14. Drag race to the line. Five hundredths of a second. Uh, the gap between first and second. And uh, Daniel, obviously, absolutely thrilled when he came off. He ends up winning, as I said, by essentially 500s. 0.556 was the margin of victory over Devil and DeFrancesco. Colin Kaminsky for Paps Racing coming home with a strong, strong third-place finish as the rookie driver. Braden Eves ended up holding on to four spot and Stingray Rob from 15th, able to get all the way up into the fifth spot. Impressive run, no doubt, for Stingray, but obviously all eyes were on Daniel coming forward. I think we all knew that he was eventually going to get up there. He's the fastest guy, super fast in qualifying, um, and I, I was expecting him to get to the front. To the very front, I wasn't sure, but he obviously got the job done, which was super impressive. Uh, race number two, uh, obviously the, the, the times from race one, your fast time in race one set the grid for race number two, so that kind of makes things interesting. We had a couple drivers who came in, I, I think they may have went to fresh rubber, but then she came back out, didn't have a good run in race one, but turned good lap times. Manuel Suleiman started on the pole position alongside uh, Daniel Frost. Suleiman uh, was able to put a good lap and started on pole. Uh, but essentially when we went racing, uh, Manuel led the opening lap, 
And then Dan Frost went to the lead for a couple laps. And Artem Petrov from Hunkos Racing was really the driver on the move. Artem uh, did a tremendous job to work his way forward. Finally was able to get by Daniel to grab the lead. Uh, Daniel held on, but Stingray Rob came by as well. So it was a one-two finish for Hunkos Racing. Uh, but Frost uh, held on for third position, which gives him a, a, a solid lead in the points heading to mid-Ohio. Uh, there's a shot there of Artem Petrov. Good look, and there's his teammate Stingray Rob. That was kind of the order of the day. Those was the protocol we had on the podium. Drivers came out, immediately got the masks on. We had a microphone that he did not touch. It was we. I'm really happy with the way the road to Indy handled things. because I think we did a tremendous job. Uh, in terms of, of, of having things dialed in for the protocol for Victory Lane. Maybe a little subdued. I'm sure Daniel would like to have the entire uh, Turn 3 Motorsports crew climbing on top of the car. I'm sure Artem would have said the same thing. But uh, third career Indy Pro 2000 win for Daniel Frost. Of course, he scored the victory last year uh, at both the Lucas Oil Raceway, the Freedom 90 on the Oval, and uh, on the streets of Toronto with uh, exclusive autosport. But again, as I said, point leader, uh, let's bring him in right now. Actually, let's come on to the stream. There he is. Thank Daniel, you how are you, my me. friend? Thank you for having me. I'm feeling really good. Well, we got a little bit of a delay right now. I'm sure it'll catch back up, so don't worry about that. Uh, your audio is just a little bit off. That's fine. I know you're in a hotel room in Virginia getting ready to run the FRA program. Uh, let's talk about the race uh, weekend. You know, you were strong, super good through practice. You have the issue in qualifying. How much did that affect you heading into the race, uh, race number one? Like, did, did you just have to put it away? So when when we were notified that we were sent to the back, obviously that is never the, a good feeling. No. So then I, I was still obviously very, con um, how do I say? I was very calm and yeah. and conserved about what was going to happen. So I was, all I had to do was make sure that I didn't make any stupid mistakes or, well, there was like some risk that I had to take because we were kind of far back. But yeah, you were. With, with that being said, uh, starting from the back, I think that that was the only way we had to go, which is forward. And I think that we did a perfect race, in my point of view, to, to get from the back to the very front with those 15 laps that we had. And every single lap mattered what, what I had to do. So getting to the front is what all that mattered. And we made it to the checker line. In, in, in first place, so that's that's all that matters. I think making it even more more impressive, Daniel, was the fact that we didn't have any yellow flags either. We went from green to checker the whole time, so De Francesco was able to pull away cleanly. Road America is a racetrack with a lot of passing opportunities. Turn one, turn three, five, you know, up the hill. Like there's so many places to pass that you can make moves. Like I said, I saw some of your in car, and it was amazing some of the passes that you did make. And I know, of course, you're trying to be super aggressive. Did you sit down with Peter, potentially Peter Dempsey, before the race and say, hey, listen, we've got a great race car here. We know how fast we are. Did you have a plan to potentially just pick as many drivers off and, and really kind of be more patient? I mean, the thing is, with racing, you can't really predict what's going to happen. I mean, you could it could be taken out in the first corner or you could win the race. So it all matters if how you position the car and stuff like that. So yeah. all it, all you have to do is is buy, buy I think, guts and and race instincts of what you're going to what you're going to do and the moves you're going to take so i think that that was what really mattered during that race but obviously we did have a, a plan before that of what we're going to do and try to see what we can do to make the the most out of that that race since we were starting at the very back 
So let's move to race number number two. Give me your kind of overview of race number two. Obviously, you didn't have the same outright pace. Is there a reason for that? Or did the Hunkos racing guys maybe just find a little more for that particular run? I think for race two, we were a little bit slower than what we were in race one. So with that, um, the car, I think, was was not as dialed in as, as race one, uh, just due to the fact that the car balance was just not the same. I, okay. I, didn't, I didn't feel that it was as fast. So my, my plan for that second race was was obviously try and get one first place, but since the the, the chance the opportunity wasn't there, we decided to to hold it back and just get that podium position, and get as many points. So we're looking at the big picture to try yeah. and get that that championship. You know, that's key. And and listen, you're you're leaving with a, with a decent little lead. Obviously, uh, when you come into the opening round of the series, you don't want to wreck. <laughs> You'd like to win a race. But at the very least, you want to leave with the, leave with the points lead. So I think all in all, you probably checked off all the boxes. Yeah, exactly. Like I didn't. I, uh, well, we, there was no plan of us being up at front on, on taking a championship lead since we were starting so far yeah. back. But with that, I was pretty proud of, of what we were able to achieve and to be at the front and on the the weekend. So I think that what we've done and accomplished was is pretty pretty impressive of. of myself and the team so I'm, I'm very excited and happy for for what we've gone this weekend you know i think what i'd like to mention i think it's key obviously you were set up to run with andretti autosport this year in the indy lights program so that was your focus right so essentially you have to take this kind of step back if you will i've always said you probably could have stayed in indy pro 2000 got one more year won the championship anyways i'm getting that now you're obviously <laughs> back here can you talk about maybe how you had to adjust your mindset, your approach, knowing that you could have been in Indy Lights and maybe IndyCar the year after. How do you how did you handle your mindset saying, you know what, this is the job at hand? Yeah, well, when we were in Indy, in Indy Lights that year, I was focused to, to win that, that championship, obviously, to get to IndyCar. But since all of this has happened, my goal was to, to, to try and win the championship. So we um, try and save some cost for, for the, the scholar, with the scholarship yep. to try and, and – have a better budget for next year and um, to try and win the championship it's it's just going to be much better much more beneficial for myself and and, yeah. and i think for for everyone so even even with an extra year i think that i i would be able to get more experience since i think that i have one of the least most one of the least experience in the whole indie lights field with with six years and six years counting um so i think that it's just um a good sign and a a perfect uh, road for for what's happening this year to to try and move back into lights next year to to try and win that. Agreed, man. You I, again, you're young still, right? You have a lot of time still and you got a lot of experience. Now, here's a here's one for you. This is from Eric Erickson. This is a guy I've known for a long time. He says, "Great weight race to watch on Saturday. My wife and I were both cheering you on. We're very happy to see you pulled off at the line for the win. Congratulations on a great weekend." And that's coming from a guy. This is probably one, I'm going to say a dozen or two dozen races at Road America driving a cart. He was a 100cc cart or road racer. So Eric knows his racetrack. But again, people were watching it, Daniel. It's pretty cool. Wow. Thank you. I appreciate it, Eric. So, yeah. So let's, okay, now let's talk. Uh, we'll, we'll come back later, of course, with Josh to talk about uh, Road America. All in all, um, one last question before I jump into the USF 2000 uh, review. Uh, you were with Andretti Autosport. Now you're with a smaller team with Turn Three Motorsport. Can you talk a little bit about maybe what it's like been running with uh, with with Turn Three here, and of course getting to Road America for the first time with them? Yeah, well, I'm still affiliated with Andretti, but now now being back with with Turn Three, 
or for the first time, it's it's a little bit of a setback. But they they have their little uh, professional team going, and they they have their their way organized and pretty set it up. So there's not much to to complain about of how how they run the team yeah. and yeah. and how how they do is is pretty much perfect uh, with the results pr- uh, backing my my point up. Is that I think that, that the team has done a perfect job. Thank you to Peter for for setting the the team up with with great people around, great staffs, and my teammate Antoine, uh, just great people to be around with. And I think that we're all working perfectly, even though it's our first race together. The the chemistry is only getting better. So I'm just excited for the rest of the season to to and 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 it, to to evolve. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. I get it, man. That's and I like that, and that's. The fact you understand that it's new and you guys are going to keep getting to know each other better and more and more, that's uh, – I don't think anybody in the series wants to hear that. <laughs> you yeah. guys could get better. Yeah, ex- yeah, I think we're, we're pretty strong right now. That's awesome. All right, you hang on. Don't go anywhere. I'll drop you to the back of the studio, and we'll jump into the next – we'll bring Daniel back in little bits. Hang there with me. All right, folks. So, again, let me just ch- change this around here again. Better – there we go. Better one there. Let's go look at USF 2000 now, and we'll review the event from Road America in this particular edition of uh, RTI Insider Live. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, as I said, feel free. Fire comments up here if you have any questions for Daniel, for Josh, and, of course, we can do that at the end as well. Feel free to fire them up, and I'll bring them on as I can. USF 2000 uh, was really all about Christian Rasmussen from J. Howard Driver Development. Uh, no slight on Josh, and he and I already talked about this. I was going to get Christian on the broadcast here, but I think he's hanging out with uh, with the Bogle somewhere in the middle of Tennessee and didn't have very good internet access and wasn't able to get it on. I think he's actually on the road to or could already be at VIR for the weekend as well. We'll get Christian on a little bit later, uh, but great to have Josh, obviously, because uh, what a great uh, run for that rookie driver with a couple of podiums. Qualifying in the wet on uh, on Friday morning, It's all I, I, I always find it intriguing to find out which drivers, uh, number one, love driving in the wet, and which drivers can kind of come to the forefront, right, in, in the tougher conditions. Christian smoked them. I actually didn't print out the qualifying, but I want to say it was almost a half a second or more of how much faster was he was in the entire field in the wet. So Christian obviously uh, put a check mark beside his name. Anytime we got rain, he'll be the rainmeister right now. We'll figure he's going to be the guy that's going to come to the forefront. But to be honest, even in the off season, I said that Christian was going to be one of our championship contenders this year. Kind of came on halfway through the season last year, won on the streets of Toronto. Uh, with Jay Howard's team, and then backed it up with a win at Mid-Ohio as well. He's already a race winner. This is now his third and fourth wins as he swept both races. Um, And I think, yeah, fastest fastest lap uh, in both the races as well. So full brace of points for Christian going to Mid-Ohio. Very impressive run. In the opening race, Josh Green got off to a good start. Josh qualified really well outside of the front row. Um, So probably inside of row number two, but was able to quickly get into the lead uh, the lead group and, and in that second spot and kind of pull away. Uh, he had about, by the end, I think he had almost a full second on Eduardo Barrichello who came on later in the race. A little bit of opening lap chaos. We did have three different safety car periods, full course cautions in the opening race for USF 2000, which we don't normally see, especially at Road America. But I think being the first race of the year, a lot of drivers were really, I think, fired up a bit. We had contact between uh, Nolan Siegel and Reese Gold coming through turn seven, both those drivers going out. Uh, so that was the first caution. Uh, and then we had another driver going off course. Nico Christodoulou went out, I believe, on lap number five. And we wrapped it all up with uh, Max Kayser went off uh, late in the race uh, on lap number 10. So we really only had about, I think, five or six full green flag laps. 
Uh, Christian, though, with the win, as we said, by six tenths. Josh kept pushing. Uh, Josh was second. Josh Green, Barrichello in third. Uh, Matt Round Garrido was in the four spot, so two Paps racing drivers in the top five. And Michael D. Orlando, the young driver from New York, actually both he and Josh from New York, ends up P5. So two Capes, two Paps, and one Jay Howard driver, development driver, into the top uh, into the the, uh, the top five. Uh, Christian Bogle ended up in six. Cameron Shields was actually my star of the race. Cameron, who started, had some trouble in qualifying, worked his way up to P7, 10 position improvement uh, for Cameron Shields. Great job for him. Christian Brooks, the rookie of Exclusive Autosport, ended up in eighth. Yuvin Sundaramurthy and Prescott Campbell rounding out the top 10. Uh, going to race number two, again, that was a crazy thing. So for Reese Gold and, and Nolan Siegel, here's the big issue, right? They didn't even get one lap in in race number one. So they had no times to position themselves for race number two because their fastest time in race one set the grid for race two. They end up starting at the tail of the field and race gold end, end up getting my, my driver of the race, my star of the race at that point, starting 19th inside of the 10th row, drove all the way up to seventh. Uh, so a um, couple, couple of caution periods that he was able to leverage, but uh, was, yeah, definitely some attrition too, but was able to get up to the seventh position. Rasmussen, again, really kind of just dominated the front. Uh, Same in race one. He managed the restarts beautifully. And that's tough to do, I think, at Road America. It's up, you know, you're up the hill before you come to the start finish. And it's such a long run down into turn one. We've seen drivers get passed, draft, and repass. But nobody close enough to him. He was able to make it happen. Cape Motorsports drivers, D. Orlando and Green battled it out for second. This time, Michael D. Orlando, his first podium in, in USF 2000, ends up second. And Josh Green, a really solid run for him as he ends up uh, P3, two podiums for Josh Green. He's now second in the points. Another top five for Matt Round Garrido. He ends up in fourth and same for Eduardo Barrichello. Top five for him. They just essentially flip-flop to a certain extent. Uh, but again, two Paps drivers, two Cape drivers. And as we said, Christian Rasmussen in the J. Howard driver development machine. Eric Mueller, my man from uh, Road America, uh, jumping on. And yes, uh, <laughs> I'll bring this on. Uh, Daniel could have a new nickname. Series he had since the series had great racing both days. Yes, Eric Mueller is calling uh, Daniel Frost Frosty. I'm not sure if he if he will ask Daniel what do you think to have the nickname Frosty right now. But hey, Eric, we were talking about him all weekend long, so you were able to get that Frosty in there a couple of times outside <laughs> race two, outside the top five. Uh, Cameron Shields again, number seventeenth to seventh and then started eight and moved to six. So really good recovery uh, for Cameron. I think he's P6 in the championship standings. Gold coming back, star of the race, as I said, to seventh. Sooner Murthy, another top 10 in eighth. Uh, Christian Bogle, another top 10 in ninth. And Kyle Dupel for Cape Motorsports was up into the top 10 in race one. Had an issue in the uh, a restart and knocked him down. He ends up getting a solid top 10 as well. All four drivers from Cape Motorsports in the top 10 in race number two. All right, let's bring in Josh Green. He's been waiting patiently in the, uh, in the in the studio here. Josh, thanks for joining me, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we've got a little delay on your voice as well, but it'll come right back just like it did for Daniel. Um, obviously, when you go into a race like this, Josh, as a rookie with Cape Motorsports, they always expect their drivers to win. They push you guys very, very hard. But to come away, and we talked about this before the show, to come away with a couple of podium finishes, in your rookie, your, since your debut view race in USF 2000, um, you had to be thrilled with it. A couple of great runs. Just uh, give us your initial thoughts. Now that we're a couple days on. 
Uh, yeah, it was obviously like as much as I could ask for coming into this weekend. It's been a while since uh, the road Indies had or US fifty thousands had so many returning drivers. Yeah. So some really stiff competition this year with with uh, Rasmussen having finished third in the championship last year, being a championship runner, and then coming back this year. Uh, and I mean, obviously, we all expect him to run up front. And congrats to the Jay Howard boys; they did a really good job. Um, but yeah, I mean, practice that weekend, like the day before, honestly didn't go very well for me. It was definitely not my best day. I was working really hard to do better, but, um, I didn't have great pace and then it started raining in the last practice session. The rain super helped me out. I mean, I love driving in the rain and capes have amazing car. I mean, rain and dry, no matter what, they've always had a great car. Uh, and we went into the rain qualifying, got P3, just got pipped to the end. A little annoying, but uh, <laughs> but it was good. It was it was actually really cool to see Brooks back up there after having a rough day and the first day of practice. Yeah. So he got up there into P2. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just a really great day of racing. It kind of sucked that the first race had so many cautions because at the end there, it was pretty close. And I think we were about to, or I was about to get close enough to start racing with Rasmussen, which would have been fun. Uh, and the second race was just a lot of really good racing. And it's just been a long time since we've actually had the opportunity to go side by side with each other. So that's it. it was, yeah. I want to rewind and go back. A comment you meant you, you struggled a bit. You said in the dry, but what was it about the wet? You said it kind of maybe kind of, you know, like reset your mind. Tell me about how the wet kind of changed things for you. I think I just overall gained more confidence because I was struggling with like confidence in the high speed stuff. Um, being new to the car, being new to sort of like everything in the series, it's, you have to get sort of back into it, especially when like you go into a bad setup change or something like that, the car gets too loose because you under scary yeah. stuff like the carousel, yeah. you get a little uncomfortable and like you have that sort of like your mind sort of stuck like that. Um, and when we went to the wet, I just gained a ton of confidence. So I went, when we switched back to the dry, it was a lot better for me, but also racing in the dry is a lot different than a lot different than doing the practice. Because when we're racing, it's a lot more of like backing up the entries and just trying to get exits, especially at a track like Road America, where you're always yeah. racing onto big straights. Um, so it's a very different. Um, looking at wins, uh, wins comment. I saw, that. I saw that, right? Yep. It's a, it's a very that, different. Yeah, who's, who's, who's this win guy? Uh, he's one of my dad's friends. That's awesome. Very he cool. says he's going to come see one day. I love it. That's great. You got some yeah. fans. I dig that. But hey, let's let's talk about the race itself. He said. Do you feel like you had something for Rasmussen? Let's say that, that you know that if the races could maybe be a little less cautious, you think you would have been able to reel him in? I mean, like, I don't want to speculate in any you way. You can speculate. But, I like it. <laughs> but in race one, in race one, I think we definitely would have had a race given those last two laps were green. Yeah. I, we, we, I was definitely in the position. We had a really, really good car in both races. But in that first race, I was definitely close enough that I think we would have started racing. I was just getting close enough to get in the draft and stuff like that. So, um, But the second race, when Rasmussen just checked out and there's no – talking around that exactly. yeah but you, so then you then you went head to head with your teammate michael d orlando and there, there was a i think there was a couple of moments i think i was even holding my breath eric and i were holding our breath like oh God, teammates don't wreck each other you guys <laughs> yeah. went side by side a couple times yeah um i mean again kind of sucks the yellow flag there too because we we yeah. raced into one um and then the yellow flag came out just right. one, so we never really got to race again but uh, it was just a really good race. It was a lot of fun actually getting to race with like the Pabs guys because we had Barrichello in there. We had yep. Ron Burrito in there. We were all sort of like battling together. My start of the race was definitely not as good as I wanted to be. I fell back to fifth from third pretty quickly. Um, but then I had sort of a good run in the middle getting back up to That's second. It. And I got that gap. Um, and then Dear Lando caught me up. He made that overtake. And then we were about to start racing, but then the L flag came out. So 
seemed to happen in both races, but it makes sense. We're all sort of dusting the dusting the rust off. Um, it was a long, long off season this yeah, year. I know. So. Hey, so that, that that begs the question. Uh, a couple of great results like that, second and third. How much does that uh, how much does that feed your confidence going into the rest of the year? I mean. I, I'm always going to have the mindset of just to show up to the track and do as best as I can, no matter what. And the Capes do a really, really good job of sort of putting in your head that no matter what, like if you go out there and we have a car that's only good enough for fifth place and you finish fourth, that's a win. Like if you just have to go out there and do your best with whatever you have and like, that's what matters. And obviously you're never going to do better than whatever your, your best is. So yeah. um, I'm trying to just keep that, that mindset going continually throughout each weekend. But of course that was an amazing weekend to start off with coming out second, in the championship, like I couldn't ask for any more. Um, and mid Ohio was really good for us in testing. So I'm just hoping to get there and, and just by statistics, it looks like we should have really good cars and be able to run up front. So I'm just excited to get racing again. I mean, as much as we've just had a, however many month off season, it still feels like a year. I will say this, uh, that mindset you're talking about really reminds me of something you would hear from Scott Dixon. You know, Scott would tell you that that he'll do the best best with the car that he has, and when it comes to the championship, I'll just go out and win races and let everything else kind of settle, out, you know, settle out among itself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean that's been a big talking point, especially between like almost anyone, everyone I've talked to when, when you talk about racing USF and you're running with Cape. I mean, obviously, whenever you're with Cape, ever the like first thing that's on your mind is yeah. like, oh, a championship. It's Cape. Like, that's, <laughs> well, that's what I gotta do. <laughs> last nine years in the row, like it's not gonna change. Um, so. And it's always just like what what you have to do is you have to take the seconds and thirds and you have to just bank them instead of racing for the lead and like risking a crash. Because no matter what, like if you finish second throughout the entire championship and someone wins some races and finishes like outside the top 10, some other races, you're going to win the championship. Yep. It's all about consistency. Let's talk uh, lastly before we bring Daniel back in and talk about uh, Mid-Ohio. What's uh, You got four different guys underneath that tent, right? Yourself, Michael D'Orlando, Reese Gold, Kyle Dupel. Uh, what's the... What's the ambiance? What's the what's the dynamic underneath the Cape Temp this year? It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> there's a lot of just like there's a lot of humor that goes through. There's a lot of bands. I was gonna say, is, like, is there any like is one guy the jokester? Is one guy the prank guy? Is one guy you know like is there you know what I mean? Um, I could definitely put like Kyle as jokester, prank <laughs> guy sort of thing. Kyle's definitely fits under that. Um, All right. But it's just it's a it's a really fun dynamic we have going on. I mean, everyone's just like super fluid. It all works super well. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just super fun whenever we're at the track. It's never never a bad experience. And and as much as like it's important to have the on track experience, we really get the off track experience. It's great with with I mean between teammates, but as well as with us and the team with Dominic and Nicholas and all yeah. the coaches yeah. and yeah. and everything. It's we we just have a really good dynamic going out of that tent. So it's really good. I like to hear that. Let me just uh, make an adjustment here like this. Bring Daniel Frost back in. There he is. Uh, all right, guys. We, we had a chance to talk about, about your events and everything that, that was able to put together. Let's uh, let's talk about Mid-Ohio. Daniel, let's come back to you. Um, you've had a lot of time at Mid-Ohio. I believe you ran there in USF 2000 with an exclusive. Then you, of course, ran there last year uh, with a team uh, in Indy Pro 2000. You're going to come. You've, we've had a test, series test. We go back there twice, right back to back. We do the standalone on the thir- the Wednesday, Thursday, and then we do the the weekend with IndyCar. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on 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 Mid Ohio? Is it a track that you think plays to you to be potentially be able to, to get a couple more race wins? I think that that track is is pretty much my home track <laughs> in in America because I've I've done I think that's the track I've done most laps in, and I yeah. 
And even with with last week or, or the week before the the test we did, we we were P one overall. So I think that we we're pretty strong currently, and I think we have a, a pretty good car for for what we're gonna do for this weekend. So I, I'm just excited to to be back in a car, anyways. And I think that that we'll be able to to come in and and come on the podium or, or maybe have some race wins for for that weekend. One of the things about Mid Ohio is, of course, it changes so much, right, from the start of there to the end of there. The track conditions always change. Just to, to, you never know what it's going to be, but qualifying is super key there. Um, you can spend a lot of time in practice, right, and, and bang out laps and bang out laps and testing to try to get a consistent consistent time. Do you feel you have the? And I know you probably do, but do you feel? Let's talk about the ability to put that one magic lap down. Can you, do you feel like you can pull everything out of the car? Yeah, with with testing, we've we've done a lot of, of qualifying runs to make sure that we're able to to bang out that one lap in within that three laps of, of the the peak of the tires. So I think that that we're gonna be perfectly fine. And and from from the the stati- uh, statistics that we've done, it, it's it seems true to to what we'll be able to do. And and I think that our times are, are quite quite fast. Even though we, we we did a test last week, and with with the with the track being green, which is well, not having IndyCar rubber or, or yeah. as much grip as a race weekend, we were pretty fast, I'd say so. So I think that just coming into the weekend, we're, we're, we're going to have our heads up and we're just going to know that we're going to be quick off the box. So I think that we're going to be fine coming into that weekend. All right, Josh, kind of the same question. You guys did some testing there as well. Uh, where do you rank Mid-Ohio in terms of tracks that you've run on before? We were talking about the fact that uh, FRA is in uh, VIR this weekend. Daniel's never been there. You've been at, v- uh, at VIR. How much time do you have at Mid-Ohio? And is it kind of a because of your F1600 uh, uh, career, do you feel like you have a, a really comfortable feel at Mid-Ohio? I think over the two days that we had at Mid-Ohio, I got a really comfortable feel in the car there. And to be blatantly honest, that was really like the, those two days. I really got used to the car. Like that was me finally like getting comfortable, getting fully suited, and I was like, okay, I'm ready to race. Um, and I'll be 100 percent honest. When we came to St. Pete, I was still super sort of on edge about everything. I was still learning, still getting comfortable. And and I think this break seriously played to my hand and played to the hands of all the rookies uh, because it really allowed us to get more of a chance to get comfortable with the race car. Um, and Mid Ohio is definitely a good track for me. I mean, we saw in the road to Indy official test that we were one two with me and Orlando, um, and my race pace was really good. And but we also know Rasmussen was really quick there last year. He had his one win there. Um, but I think I think we're in a really good position. I think Cape has an amazing car there, as they do at every track, as we already know. Um, <laughs> and I mean, all the teammates were super quick there. We were like all in the top five. So. It's, I'm just I'm just ready to get racing again. I don't want to put anything on the table, but I think I think we're in a good place. When you roll into that track on Wednesday night, of course we get going on. Uh, no, it's yeah, it's Wednesday Thursday. So when you get there on Tuesday, how much different are you going to be than you were on Wednesday at Road, at Road America? How much how much do you feel just that getting that first weekend of USF 2000 in the books? How much better do you feel going into this one? I I plan to have the same approach. Just get to the track, have my head down, and just do as much work as possible. Because I mean, the biggest thing I learned, especially from Pelfrey last year with Jeff Bouchard, um, was like everything we do before the weekend is hugely important, especially for a rookie coming into each race weekend. I'm lucky that I have laps in Mid Ohio, which I won't have for a lot of the races later in the season. Yeah. And we have all this video and data and stuff like that. And Cape does an amazing job with all of our uh, pre weekend sheets. Uh, so it's just going to be about putting my head down, sort of going through as much data and video as I can. So when I show up to the weekend, I'm as prepared as I can be. Nice. Because I mean, like the the hours you put in at home are really what makes the weekend better. 
That's very true. Daniel, we'll cap things off with you. This is obviously your second race weekend in Indy Pro 2000. You did that last year. I'll, I love going back and asking the question, how much different are you as a driver and a young man now than you were last year going to Mid-Ohio? I think I'm a completely different person in my driving style and as a first person. Okay. You know, I, I've, I think I've developed myself a lot over quarantine and during the summer break or the winter break. So, you know, with the front row, we qualified last year. The little mistake I had, I, I've kind of like make sure that I won't make that same mistake again mm-hmm. and, and to make sure that I'd be up front and, and not have that that problem where we'd be in a race and, and mid Ohio is a pretty difficult track to get past people. So being out front is, is key on that track. So with, with that being said, I think that I, I think that I, I'm pretty much well set it and I feel much more confident than what I was last year coming into this weekend. I think that myself and a team would be, would be, would be too. Well, listen, guys, thank you so much, Josh. I appreciate you uh, joining me here today. I know that uh, you're looking forward to Mid-Ohio. Of course, Daniel, you're going to be racing FRA this weekend as well. I know you're at VIR. Good luck to you as well. We look forward to seeing both of you guys at the end. Thank, thank you. you. I appreciate it. Take care, guys. Let's, let's drop the guys out here. I'll chat with them a little bit afterwards. Let's boom in this over here like this. Uh, wow. What a great interview with these two guys. This is the one thing I love about doing this, uh, getting a chance to watch these guys develop. You know, Daniel, of course, was a raw rookie, essentially coming into the program a couple of years ago in USF 2000. Of course, we've watched what Josh has been able to do with the Team USA Scholarship, his time uh, in F1600 as well. And I think he's going to be a championship challenger as well. Shout out to these guys, though. I don't think I was able to get all this, everything out here. Of course, as I said, Daniel Frost right there. Uh, super pumped getting out of the car at Road America. Artem Petrov. Uh, did a tremendous job as well. His first road to Indy victory. Uh, a little bit of an inauspicious start last year. Kind of had an up and down in the three events that he did at the end of the season last year with RP Motorsports. And last but not least, this guy here, Christian Rasmussen. It's kind of weird. We're going to go back and look at these pictures, is it not? That these guys, they win races, and this is the shot that we have. Can't quite see the smile, but I think you can see it in his eyes. Christian, of course, did a tremendous job with uh, – with Jay Howard driver development, a couple of wins for him. So kudos and shout out to, uh, of course, everybody. There's a great shot there from USF 2000. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, folks. This has been awesome. Again, as as uh, just to let everybody kind of know, uh, this uh, is live on Facebook. Uh, I'll then eventually put it on YouTube. I'll do that right now, get it up on YouTube. It'll also be on my Podbean, uh, which is, is is the podcast. It'll be on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify and Podbean, if you're a, if you're a, a podcast listener as well, that's all there for you to listen to. Um, again, we just hope that everybody enjoys it. I'm glad uh, I'm glad we were able to do this. Two great guys to talk to: Daniel Frost and Josh Green. Two guys that are going to be battling for the championship and those scholarships. Key scholarships getting pumped up this year. Full season scholarship for USF 2000 to go to Indy Pro. Same with Indy Pro, the full scholarship to move to the Indy Lights program. And Indy Lights in 2021 is going to be stacked, folks. Kyle Kirkwood will likely be back with his scholarship from last year. You're going to have the Indy Pro 2000 scholarship winner from this year. And you're also going to have the uh, the, uh, Formula Regional America scholarship uh, through Honda. There's going to be three scholarship drivers in Indy Lights, plus all the drivers that were this year, plus everybody moving up from Indy Pro 2000. 2021 is going to be an unbelievable year. I do want to thank you so much for joining me here on the RTI Insider Live. Thank you so much, folks. Let's wrap this one up and just say, book it. We'll see you in Mid-Ohio.